The Collapse of Biden's Woke-topia and the Realignment of a New America. Quote, I do this real moron thing, and it's called thinking, and apparently I'm not a very good American because I like to form my own opinions. End quote. George Carlin. Joe Biden and the Democrats have a big problem. It isn't just that they stand to lose in the midterm elections and maybe the presidency in 2024. They stand to lose much more than that. They stand to lose everything. The American people by now have had enough. They're sick of cowards who are unable to stand up to the activists who control them. They're not just sick of them in Washington. They're sick of them everywhere. They're sick of being told what they can and can't say, what they can and can't think. In 2020, a new woke order exploded on the streets. It looked a lot like the rehearsal at Evergreen and across many college campuses all over the country. Fuck you and fuck the police! Last month, Evergreen State College in Washington went crazy when a professor of evolutionary biology named Brett Weinstein objected to a day of absence when white students and faculty were asked to voluntarily leave campus. Weinstein branded it a form of racial segregation. A group of student protesters called him a racist. The confrontation incited further protests, debates over free speech, and claims of systemic racism on campus. And things haven't calmed down. Tomorrow, Evergreen will hold its graduation at an off-campus location, 40 miles away. Would you like to hear the answer or not? No! no. Okay. This is the video viewed by millions that put Evergreen State and Weinstein in the national spotlight. This is not a discussion, you have lost that one. This is not a discussion, you've lost that one. Yeah, you've lost that one. So what are they doing here if they don't want to talk to you? Well, this is uh, part and parcel of their their central mode. They're just simply shutting down somebody that they don't want to hear from. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. Weinstein has taught at Evergreen State for 14 years. It wasn't all of the Zoomers leading the charge, but the activists have been loud and powerful. They have captured corporate America and nearly every cultural institution in the country and they've captured Joe Biden and the Democrats. Their activism, however well-intentioned, has all but wrecked Hollywood movies. Almost every network or streaming series is infused with their doctrine. It is inescapable. It's in public schools, museums, fast food advertising, library reading lists, sports. Most of us are developing an immunity to anything we think might be woke, and we will avoid it as much as possible. Most of us know that if there is some message buried in a book or a movie, we're going to resent being drawn in for yet another lecture on how to be better, how to do better, how to reorder our thinking to satisfy their unending critiques. It's so bad that someone should start a website called Is It Woke? That would save consumers a lot of time and trouble. The only reason we don't hear about it more is that any dissent is viciously attacked until an apology is squeezed out like the last bit of toothpaste in an empty tube. It is too much trouble to endure all of that panic and hysteria. So most people just keep their heads down and hope it will pass. Joe Biden doesn't yet understand this. Most Democrats don't. Not even the new stars in the party like Gavin Newsom or Pete Buttigieg, not even Beto. 
They falsely believe that is what they must do to win Twitter and win points on the left. The exact opposite is true. Although one must develop rhino skin, like Elon Musk or Donald Trump, the future will be with those who push back loudly against this ongoing madness. Where in the past we might have had some reality checks with people like Jon Stewart, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, Jimmy Kimmel, or at least SNL. But no. They've been sucked into the body snatchers too, and their comedy isn't comedy at all. They work for the Democrats, just like much of the media. It feels like being stuck inside a Twilight Zone episode where everyone is pretending like what is happening isn't really happening. There are many reasons the Democrats might lose in a massive red wave on Tuesday. One of those is the pendulum shift we see throughout American history that bobs back and forth between liberalism and conservatism. But I would bet that a lot of these voters are people who might not even want Republicans in power and don't really agree with their policies. Still, they see in the MAGA candidate something they don't see anywhere else. Unapologetic resistance to the woke utopia that has been foisted upon us all. This is why Carrie Lake is burning up the polls. This is why Glenn Youngkin won. And why Ron DeSantis is so popular. And it's why Trump will likely breeze through to a win in 2024. Sure, they are also offering up ways to rescue America from a collapsing economy, but what people fear the most is the thing they aren't allowed to talk about. The Democrats and their robot army on Twitter or in media seem to think that continuing to demonize the other side will work to scare voters away from them. But to many people, this is like trying to tell them not to get in the lifeboats as the Titanic is sinking, explaining that the people driving the boats protested the last election. But let's get specific about what we mean by woke. It doesn't mean inclusion. It doesn't mean equity. It means that the answers to humanity's problems have finally been solved. All you have to do is measure a person's worth by their status as a marginalized person. Meet the new utopia, same as the old utopia. They believe that America and other Western nations have been built as colonizing systems of oppression, specifically to keep black and brown people down. They have an adjunct category now for whites. If they're part of the LGBTQIA community, they can have protective status. If they are disabled, if they have some sort of mental disorder, or even if they are old, all of these things elevate those deemed depressed, left out, shut out of the American way of life, which theoretically rewards high achievement. Joe Biden and John Fetterman are two cisgendered heterosexual white men who would usually be on the list of oppressors, but both have miraculously transcended their identity to become part of a marginalized group. Fetterman is considered disabled and Biden is incapacitated due to age. There is nothing the left loves more than incapacitated white men. As long as they can wrap their fingers around a pen, they can tell them where to sign. Disability is only a protected class if you are also ideologically compliant. Elon Musk has Asperger's, but do you think that wins him any points with the Woketopians? If you don't have protective status, you're on the other side, the bad side. You're someone with privilege, white privilege, pretty privilege, thin privilege, youth privilege, straight privilege, and able-bodied privilege. Here is a sampling of different kinds of privilege from North Shore Community College. For podcast listeners, we're looking at a list of examples. It's, this is an example of able-bodied privilege. You don't make other people uncomfortable just by existing. Or heterosexual privilege. 
I can be open about my sexual orientation without worrying about my job. White privilege. If a traffic cop pulls me over, or if the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure I haven't been singled out because of my race. And then, even more importantly, what was your reaction the last time you saw a police officer? Fear, relief, local politicians make a point of visiting community organizations and talking with constituents to get to know they can do their role as part of the government. Has a police officer visited your community organization? Have you ever had a friendly conversation with a police officer? Proximity breeds care and distance breeds fear. This is an example of male privilege. If I have children and pursue a career, no one will think I'm selfish for not staying at home. They have heterosexual privilege, white privilege, Christian privilege, upper middle class privilege, cisgender privilege. They have invented a new species with the way they have evolved. I found an online bio for a woman who works for an anti-racism consulting firm. Quote, As a white, able-bodied, class-privileged person, I am committed to a perpetual process of unlearning the narratives I have internalized about race, class, ability, and other areas where I hold power, and to repairing harms caused by colonization, white-dominant culture, and all forms of oppression. I believe that all of our freedom is bound up together, and that liberation is a collective process. I am passionate about art as a tool for social change, prison abolition, transformative justice, and anti-capitalist community-rooted models for resource sharing." End quote. Comedy, meanwhile, is thriving outside the mainstream. The woke are so easy to make fun of, yet on the left, it is verboten to do so. So let's dive headfirst into the shallow end on some effective strategies that'll teach you how to violate your conscience and courage so you can keep voting blue no matter who. So listen up and do as I say, smear people. Now you might encounter a Republican candidate who seems to you like a person who will serve you and the people better than their Democratic opponent. You might even be tempted to vote for this person. Don't be fooled by what you think. You need to smear that person so you can trick yourself out of believing what you would otherwise believe about that person. Here's how to properly smear them. Step number one, see who they are and what they stand for, and now ignore that person. Step number two, then make up a bunch of insults, stories, and negative character traits and project them over here as though it's a different person, because it is but give them the same name. This smearing process will help you avoid seeing this person over here as a good person because you're fixated on this awful person over here that you've created. Now, and it's remarkable watching journalists at the New York Times on Twitter and in the trades ruminate about why ratings and box office are diminishing without talking about the elephant in the room. It isn't that they weren't warned. None other than Chris Saliza at CNN sounded the alarm a year ago. With Democrats starting the uphill climb to hold their majorities in the House and Senate next November, politicians and party strategists are admitting that their biggest challenge in that election will come from within. Woke liberals demanding adherence to policies on crime, the environment, and government spending that are simply not shared by a majority of the country. We're letting a, a but it isn't enough to just warn them. It's clear that not even people like James Carville have a way out for most Americans at their wit's end. It also isn't enough for people like Bill Maher to push back against the crazies on the left. He can't offer them a way out because he is very much anti-Trump. What option does he give them? Nothing. He might make them laugh on occasion, but at the end of the day, he will still stick with the left because they're better than the right. 
No, to get this dirty job done, they're going to need people who do not mince words. They're going to need people who will not hedge in any way, but who speak their mind loudly and emphatically, like Tucker Carlson. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, first, the good news. The conventional view among people who follow politics is that the Democratic Party is about to suffer a humiliating repudiation in next week's midterm elections. It seems very likely, as of now, that Democrats will lose both houses of Congress. And that's just the beginning of their pain. Polls suggest that even places that supported Joe Biden by a wide margin in 2020 are about to swing dramatically against him and his party. A week from today, New York, of all places, could have a Republican governor. The last time there was an election in New York, Biden won the state by 23 points. What we're seeing is what political scientists refer to as a realignment. And there's no mystery as to why it's happening. Democrats failed, conclusively. No group in American history has done a worse job running this country than the neoliberals currently in charge. They're vicious, they're intolerant, and they are utterly corrupt. But above all, they are incompetent. In less than two years, it is not an overstatement to say they have run this country into the ground, wrecking our economy, desecrating our military, and opening the borders of the United States to more than five million lawbreakers. The destruction they have wrought is so profound, it's hard to describe. So of course there will be consequences for that. In a country with democratic elections, how could this party stay in power? Honestly, we don't know, but maybe Joe Biden does. Tonight, Biden traveled across the city of Washington to Union Station. Built by Teddy Roosevelt more than 100 years ago, Union Station was for generations one of the most beautiful public buildings in this country. Under Joe Biden, it has become a homeless encampment, a place that is too filthy and too dangerous for Starbucks. Standing at this monument to his own failures, Biden proceeded to do what he now so commonly does, bark at the rest of us for our moral failures. The guy who showered with his daughter is telling you you're a bad person. Tonight's topic, democracy. They need people Steve Bannon or Gad Sad would call honey badgers. Joe Biden and the Democrats have had two years to relieve Americans from the insanity they see overtaking their public schools, their women's sports, and everywhere else, but they didn't. Not only were they too afraid, but they became true believers themselves. Joe Biden most certainly has. He's hanging his entire legacy on progressivism. He doesn't understand how much this hurts the Democrats because no one will tell him. So rather than having a sober conversation about, say, gender-affirming care on minors or trying to find some middle ground, it's going to be up to people who take a hard-right position because they're willing to fight on the front lines where most Democrats aren't. Here, Ben Shapiro talks to a large crowd of students on the subject of transgressives, which is essentially the undoing of traditional roles in society. A far more accurate ideological label, and one I've started to use, is transgressive. This philosophy of identity revolves around a program of norm violation, of destroying boundaries and rules and social acceptability, all in the name of liberating the passions. Now, transgressivism does result in deep unhappiness because, after all, we are far more than just whatever we feel like sexually that day. We are embedded beings. We are embedded in time. We are embedded in society. We are embedded into our families. If you remove all of those connections, it leaves people completely aimless. What's more, if you link sexual desires with identity, that's the only part of you that matters, it dispenses with the other aspects of individuality that comprise most of who we are. Freedom of action, reason, our sympathies with other people. If all you are is a Freudian sex impulse, 
then you really aren't a person. You're just a Freudian sex impulse. We are more than that. But transgressivism rejects all of that. Transgressivism treats both behavior and desire as immutable characteristics, like race or sex, thus removing freedom and responsibility. For those worried about what they call far-right, which means pro-life, anti-transgender philosophy, they should be pushing back loudly against what is happening on the left across all institutions, which includes corporations who have hopped aboard the Woketopian Express full steam ahead. Every child in America deserves to grow up with a wide-open road of opportunity laid out before them. The answer to lifting marginalized groups is not to diminish the brilliance of high achievers. It is not to make men feel wrong or bad for their masculinity, or to make women feel like they are traitors to feminism for defending traditional roles for women, or TERFs for defending women's rights. Almost Famous is one of my favorite films. It was written by Cameron Crowe about his life growing up as a young rock journalist in the 1970s. He was smitten by a famous groupie and learned a hard lesson about journalism. When the movie was made into a Broadway show, they changed the entire meaning of the original film with woke casting. And everyone should have a chance to star in a Broadway show. But the newfound religion of the woke seeks to destroy what came before, to shame you for wanting it to be closer to the truth. They want you to object and then they can shame you for your white supremacy. But when you look at this clip, don't you just see people as categories, as types? Are they anything beyond that? Performing Tiny Dancer, please welcome the cast of Almost Famous. Are they more than just symbols to signal the virtue of those at the top? And when Trump said, everything the woke touches turns to shit, he was speaking for those who can't say it out loud. He was calling out the emperor for being naked. No doubt the rich white ladies who live on the Upper East Side feel good and safe when they watch this version. But that monologue is playing in their head the entire time. They can't get lost in the story. All that's left is being absolved of their sins. That isn't art anymore. That's dogma. As Americans, we will always bend towards freedom and away from tyranny. We're born that way. It's in our blood and in our spirit. It's been written down and signed in our Declaration of Independence, which reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such form 
as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. We are rebels at heart. We are Americans. We live in the best country in the world, but it only works if we abide by the principles outlined in its founding. It isn't that people don't have a right to live how they want to live, to believe what they want to believe. It's the opposite of that. But don't order us to believe something. Don't silence our dissent. Don't police our speech or command we comply because that isn't who we are. Look at this potential red wave. Look at all of that red. Look at the blue. Look where it is. We need an administration that sees all of it from sea to shining sea. I have no doubt that what has brought us to this point comes from a good place. The activists believe they are making a world that is fair and fixing problems they think have existed for centuries. But utopias fail not because their intentions aren't good. They fail because to make them work often requires totalitarian rule. So far, America is one of the few utopias still standing. That's because of our constitution. That seems to be something, at least for the moment, only the right understands. Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com. And remember, to thine own self be true. Oh